everyone. This is Sunday Conversations. Uh, this is number two, and this is with Joey. Uh, Joey's World, you may know um, from all of their art on everywhere, <laughs> on your favorite records, on your, your T-shirts and all your cool stuff. Um, so I wanted to talk to Joey because he recently uh, like put up a video uh, that was giving some like studio updates on um, like your Patreon, um, some of like the projects that you're working on and um, like merch and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it would be a pretty good time to talk to you. Um, I knew I wanted to talk to you since the beginning of this. Um, I just didn't know when. Uh, but when you put that video up, I was like, oh, <laughs> I think now's the time. Um, so uh, I wanted you to talk more about that and then just like pick your brain about um, art and like your process and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So uh, as you said, my name's uh, Joey, aka Joey's World. Um, I made that video just to, I feel like I haven't been super organized lately. And I was like writing down all the steps and stuff to get projects out. And I was like, oh, I should make a video just going through this stuff. Because I think there's a level of engagement with my stuff. But I think having a video where people can see it and kind of like walk through the steps with me to get, you know, see, oh, this is what's coming up and where it goes. Uh, I think changed up than just like, oh, this is a nice photo of my t-shirt X, Y, Z. Like they get to know me a little bit as a person. And I think that helps open up the door for those projects. Yeah, definitely. I always appreciate when I see artists or like anyone really like doing something a little bit different. And obviously, like, I guess as artists or designers, you don't usually get that from them, like where you're a little bit more personable and like have video and talk directly to people. Because just it's a little bit, you know, difficult to do uh, for some. It's definitely difficult for me. Um, I know. Um, but I try to force myself to like do things like this because I, I like talking to people and I want to talk to like creatives and stuff. Um, but I'm definitely like more on the shy side. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. I watched it back and I was like, oh, I sound, I'm not happy with how that sounded. (laughs) I was like, people seem to respond to it well. um, And it it helped me mentally too a lot. Just like, I feel a lot more organized and like that there's, now that that's out, there's more pressure on me to like actually pull through and be organized about with getting my stuff out there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like doing, uh, so when I was talking with Nick on the first, um, episode of Sunday conversations, like I was telling him before what I wanted to do, like a video thing, like, um, start doing this. And then we, he like kind of got excited about it and like asked me about it. Um, like when, I, when it's going to like be happening and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think you should be like the first guest, like, let's just do it and like get started like that. I have something to like commit to and I can like continue ongoing. Um, so thanks to Nick. <laughs> this is like continuing yeah, right. happening. <laughs> He's always a good uh, positive push. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can uh, get into the questions, but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you first just to like, give a brief like overview of who you are um you know just like a quick background to, yeah. for people who don't know you already yeah so my name is joey gergen i was born in buffalo new york moved to cleveland about five or six years ago uh i went to the cleveland institute of art uh i have a background in drawing and printmaking um 
And I have recently become pretty much a full-time illustrator and designer. Um, I've worked with you, Sunday Drive Records, uh, on T-shirts. I've worked with bands like Change and React Records, uh, Sunstroke, Anxious, One Step Closer, um, kind of all over the U.S. with uh, current hardcore bands. Awesome. And how did you get into hardcore? Um, it's a really, so the story is kind of funny and really specific, but, um, there was a group of kids. We used to just skateboard in my driveway. Like there was like, and my neighborhood was divided, um, by a main road. And if you cross the other main road, like there was another development. And so there was like the group of kids in my development, we would all skate all the time. And there were a couple of kids, um, that we would on the other side of the street that would come over once in a while. And there was this kid drew, um, he plays in like wild side candy, um, and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of bands. I can't name them all, but he, uh, was in a youth group band called better times. And he was a year older than me and he lived on the other side. So like seeing him was like, always like kind of a novelty and like, Oh, like he's like the cool one. And like, I don't know. One time he was like playing a bad brain song and I was like mumbling the words like from a Tony Hawk soundtrack. And he was like, you know who the bad brains are. So we instantly connected. But one day I was skating alone in my driveway and he just biked by my house and stopped and said, my band's playing the show. Come to it. And it was them opening for agnostic front, um, which is so strange, but they played calls oh. for, it was a good agnostic front set. Cause they played calls yeah. for alarm cover to cover. Wow. Um, which I, that was my first hardcore show. So I didn't know what, <laughs> alarm was. I didn't know what agnostic front was. <laughs> I didn't know what youth crew was. I didn't know yeah. any of that stuff, but I went and So we were like 13 and 14. So pretty young. And all the dudes were like 20 in the band, like in, in better times. Um, I think, but they all had tattoos and stuff and they were all like edgy looking. So I was like, Oh, like, I want to be like them. I want to be like, they're straight edge. They don't drink and they like look cool. I want to be that. And then, yeah. So I just started going. And then there was a venue in Buffalo called the funeral home that had shows literally every weekend. And they were always like the local, like malfunction was one of the local bands and they played every week. There was like a couple others like brain rack and they were always like goofy. And like, we'd be throwing pool noodles at each other and beach balls and like, I don't know. It was crazy, but so much fun. And like, just kind of like kept me engaged and out of trouble, I guess, in some way, but also. Yeah. In trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting story. I feel like you have a much cooler experience or background of how you got into hardcore. <laughs> yeah. It's I, yeah, it's just so specific. Cause it was like, I, I was into attack attack and like dance, Gavin dance and stuff and like all that stuff. And there was a skate park that would have those shows. So we would pay $10 skate all day and then sneak into the show later. Um, but then like, I, for some reason, some reason, I think it was a, some Tony Hawk game had a dag nasty song. And then like my listening started to change from there. And then I got in like, and then that show happened and I was like, Oh, I'm out of that. Like singy screamy stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we're like along the same age range. I think you're like two years older. Okay. Um, but like, 
I same here. Like when I was like twelve to like thirteen, fourteen. Like I was listening to the same music, like Attack Attack, like yeah, Devil Rush Prada, like Under Oath, like you know that was just like what was kind of popular at the time. For sure. Um, and I didn't get that hardcore experience until I met like older friends as well. Um, and then they kind of like show me all these bands, and then we would go to like the local venue. And I discovered like all these local hardcore bands and I was like, whoa, like, what is this? Yeah. Um, it opened my, my eyes to like a whole new world. So, yeah. yeah. I think in the importance of like local bands, I, especially when you're young, I think is so important. Like I was like, this kid is one year older than me and he's drumming in like five bands. And like, there, there was one set where I think the flyer was just like a picture of the moon, but somebody Photoshopped his head in it because he played in <laughs> yeah. four out of five of the bands that were playing <laughs> that night like <laughs> yeah yeah I guess when you're like at that age you're very impressionable so like you you just kind of know what you know so like you see tv and like movies and you see like all these guys doing concerts and like big shows and you're like yeah. well they're like this guy goes to my school and he plays drums in this band and I can talk to him like after the show like <laughs> like it just feels yeah, like so like so cool. different <laughs> yeah uh but yeah, it's definitely like a special experience, just like that first uh like hardcore show. Um, you know, it just really does like open your world or your eyes yeah. to like a whole new world. Um, but uh one of the like the biggest things I, w- I wanted to bring up, like why I wanted to talk to you, is that I think that your art is unique. Um, I don't think it's traditional, um, which is a lot of hardcore. Um and and not just art, but like you know, hardcore as a as a whole is like traditional um, from the beginning, um, and you see like these kind of changes, like you know, every now and then. But for the most part, it's like kind of in this one overall, you know, bubble. Um, and I hope like that continues to like change. And I love when like things happen, like Revolution Summer, for example. Yeah. Like you know, all the the melodies come into play. Um, but anyway, uh, I think your art. Is unique. It's uh, playful uh, in a way. There's um, and it, it contrasts a lot of the music and like subject matter that you're designing for. So uh, I love that. <laughs> I think I always love like a juxtaposition of like you know two subjects and like where it contrasts and like it makes sense at the same time. Like it's not like random playfulness. Like matching like a hardcore song, for example like you kind of have to look at it and like examine it a little bit more and then you kind of like understand like this is why it looks this way um so i, I really appreciate that um so i wanted to ask you like where are you pulling this inspiration from like i know you talked about uh drawing people um you're like interested in like couches and like uh, swimming pools and like you kind of <laughs> like build a puzzle and like um, you know, you kind of like everything like reacts to like whatever you're drawing, um, from what I've read. And that, I think that's an interesting process, but, uh, I guess like art styles, like where are you pulling from? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little all over the place. So when I'm designing for a band or like a hardcore, like band, I really listen to the songs and think about them in a way. I think 
like I haven't worked with them, but Turnstile, I think, is a band that opened the door for me that said or and give too. I think those two bands opened the door for me and said, like, hardcore isn't angry all the time. It's not um it's it's about energy and it's an intense expression of emotion. I think the way that the guitars and vocals and like how everything sounds in both those bands is a unique package and it's colorful and loud it's not black and like brooding like and not skulls it's just neon and expressive and in earnest like it i i think hardcore is an extreme expression of something so it depends on the band right um and so like those bands or like even like like you think about h2o it's corny, but it's the most extreme expression of positivity that you can possibly imagine somebody putting out in the world. So like you take all those things into account and you bring it to a drawing and it's constantly like, like that's kind of where I think about how I use color from is like, especially, especially like the way turnstiles guitars sound, they're so colorful to me. And the way they come out and it's even on the packaging, like nonstop feeling is such a colorful looking record. Um, but then I look at a lot of um, fine art too. And I, there's um, this painter, Alex Katz and David Hockney. Um, those are kind of my two places where I draw a lot of compositional elements or like Alex Katz is really where I got interested in drawing people from um, a lot of his work. So he, I get frustrated listening to him talk about art because he paints people exclusively pretty much, but he only talks about the um, application of the paint. He doesn't talk about the content of the people. So you kind of have to come to your own conclusions with that. And you don't really know what's going on in his mind. But for me, it's like, I was, he's like, I was this painter in the 1950s everybody, all of my friends were painting these abstract expressionist paintings and I started painting people. And it was just like, we're this clique of people. And for him, it was like, oh, we're a higher, like we're artsy people, we're exclusive, we're this, we're that. And for me, it's like, I think about that and I'm like, well, hardcore and like the subculture communities that I'm a part of, whether it be like hipster art culture or like hardcore or punk or whatever, you go to the venue or you go to the art show and you kind of like look around you're like, Oh, like I'm just drawing this outlook of people in this community. Like that's kind of the way I draw people is like, I'll put someone in like a black flag t-shirt or like I'll put some, you know, and like little nods to the culture that we're in and kind of make them look like they're participating in the contemporary space. Um, and then David Hockney, the way I fragment space, his stuff, he'll do things where he'll take pictures, like he'll take 35 millimeter photos, like a panoramic, but stack them all together and then paint that. And I don't, I don't necessarily do that, but I think of the way he fragments space where I can put a living room and then like cut it in half and then have like a sidewalk, you know, and kind of, you know, yeah. it's all the rooms in a house, but you can see it all at once. Yeah. No, that's that's very interesting. I think that's a, a good way to kind of pull in inspiration too, where you're not just kind of doing the same thing, but you know, putting your own spin on it. Um, and you mentioned like turnstile. 
um, like Nonstop Feeling was like one of the first albums that came to mind when I was like trying to figure out like where like you could have pulled this from, like this like like colorful like playfulness into um, this this world. Yeah. Um, along with that, I was thinking I was trying to think like other things like John Slavey's like title fight um, artwork, like Last Thing You Forget and Floral Green, like do not look like hardcore like album art yeah um, his his artist i love his art and i don't yeah. understand it like at the same time yeah. like it's he's technically an amazing painter and yeah. i don't like and i and i'm really interested in the floral green and the the yeah floral green zone with like the lady mm-hmm. like you pull it out and there's like the lady in the field yeah the 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 composition is so strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> Very yeah. detailed too. Yeah. It's detailed and not at the same time. Like yeah. it's so flat. <laughs> yeah. It is like, it's flat, but like you see like all of these like contrasts on the colors. And I feel like it, it just like pops and it's so like, uh, it's so contrasty. Like yeah. there's like a lot of darks uh, in all of his colors. Yeah. Um, which like looks it looks like very pretty <laughs> when you like pull it out. No, yeah, it's beautiful, and I love yeah. his. Pa- I, he did like paintings of like VHS players with like yeah. videos in them. Those are so cool. Yeah, yeah. So th- those are like the couple of like albums that came to mind when I was trying to think of like who has done this like in the past, um, and like going. I mean, before that, the only. I mean, I, I'm sure there's more, but the one that comes to my head is like Seven Seconds, um, Walk Together, uh, Rock Together. Um, I know that one's a little bit more playful. It's like them, like just like a photo and like, you know, the cover is just like kind of fun. Yeah, I so um, and I guess this goes back to how I got into art or like going into how I got into working with bands. Um, and I've probably talked about it before, but it's good to recap. I would get uh, praise is one of the bands too, that got me into this stuff. And they're the ones who got me. So I got into seven seconds when I was discovering my style of stuff. So maybe like, I don't know, four or five years ago, I would get, I would, I was constantly ordering records from death wish and they always put little promo photos of what's coming up. And there's one of praise in a gas station and the floor is like a tile and stuff. And they're like, all it's just like a, there's like a, angle to it and i decided just to start painting over it and i painted it like lime green and yellow and hot pink over this black and white photo and it looked so funky but i just posted it online and tagged the band in it and um it was really it really kind of opened my uh or it just like opened up people engaging with my artwork and then like shortly after that i did like a turnstile one and they reposted it and um there were a couple other things like that that really I did one for give and then I ended up doing a shirt for them which was like when I was like when I did that I was like I'm done I can I can die (laughs) yeah yeah but um but I think Andy from praise does he did for a while like a an archive of seven seconds stuff he had like an Instagram where it was just photos of seven seconds stuff he collected and there was like uh a letter had there was a note from Kevin seconds to dag nasty. And it was like, it had like dag nasty, like letter or like, it was dag nasty to the Kevin seconds. And it was just like such a specific piece of paper that had like a dag nasty, the flame head, like letterhead on it. And I was like, this is so weird and unique. I like, 
sorry i'm like derailed i'm thinking like how to oh, yeah. bring it back to like how his style but it's like there's so the hardcore like I, is so eccentric and weird like it, yeah it, I, I try to talk to it to some of my other friends and they're just like i don't know what's going on and like <laughs> or like why why you're into it and yeah like yeah i because I, I like even like i'm not saying i'm like I don't do like super jokey art, but there's always been like joke songs or joke bands and stuff or like weird uh, tracks that are uh, crazy, you know? Um, but I, yeah, I think that revolution summer stuff and like Kevin or seven seconds really kind of open a door to allowing um, like the expression take a different change. Yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, and I guess now, like, thinking about it a little more, like, you mentioned Dag Nasty, like, looking at, like, the some of the Discord releases, that artwork, that's pretty, like, different as well, I would say. Like, the Dag Nasty, can I say, artwork is, like, very weird, um, but yeah. pretty, you know, different. It's Because when I think of traditional hardcore albums, so what, the, what I'm kind of describing is, like, a live shot, you know, of, like, yeah, the like crowd on the walls or yeah yeah break down the walls and like you know bold type um and like i mean i i love it. it it looks cool um i mean all of the like the early rev releases kind of had that similar style and it, it yeah. very much inspired me just like um looking at like the typography um a lot and like trying to think like why would they use like varsity letters or like um like why are they using these typefaces and like trying to figure that out but like all the composition on it is like very great like the back covers like the center labels on all those records like very nice and clean um yeah. so i love it as like a designer <laughs> um but like the things that interest me a little bit more than that although i love that is like the diagnostic cover like what is <laughs> what is that um no idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah yeah, it's always fun to see the like outlier in the circle or like even like the um if it's like a rev release like the quicksand self-titled yeah. the seven inch, mm -hmm. it's what is that head? Why <laughs> yeah. why? It's so weird and the yeah. photo looks so weird because it's like yeah. Xerox or whatever. Yeah. Um uh, and, even yeah. the uh the embrace uh artwork too that comes to mind. Yes. Uh right to spring, like yeah, yeah the, like yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Like, yeah, all these Discord <laughs> album covers are pretty weird, and I love them. Um, the the and I love that um, spe specifically from the Discord um stuff, like some of the assets that they're pulling from, and like you know all these like bootleg shirts. Like, I have a couple uh now where you see like what they pull like the insert like illustration, <laughs> like put it on the T-shirt for like embrace or like right to spring and stuff. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah it's so cool i love yeah the yeah i and i think like discord too is in dc in general is such a interesting like history to pull from i there's like i last when the pandemic started we just sat and watched like every hardcore documentary that we could find um and the DC stuff, like, it's nice because their archive is, like, so open and accessible in terms of, like, how much Ian McKay, how much Ian McKay content there is out there and how much, like, they kind of talk about the Discord stuff. And I think it's it's an outlier in the scene because it was just kind of its own isolated movement. Um, 
and and there's so much it's it's punk and it's hardcore but it's so removed in a way um that i find really uh unique yeah um yeah the a lot a lot of that discord stuff is like very inspiring i was like i'm referencing it when i'm like you know i i, I pull out album covers a lot when i'm designing just like get some inspiration um yeah. like more specifically like layouts is what i look at for composition um but yeah um a lot of great content there um but i want to know a little bit more uh, about your experience in in art school um okay. because i i had uh so i studied it's called visualization which is like art but mix of technology um okay. so i studied um, I specialize in graphic design, but I also studied um, animation, like 3D animation, and also uh, video game like design. <laughs> so okay. it's like kind of like a broad spectrum of what I learned. But in the beginning, like everyone had to go through like a traditional like art studio and learn about like composition and like fundamentals of design, uh, yeah. color theory, you know, all of like that foundation art, which I'm sure you studied as well. Yeah. Um, and I initially like hated it <laughs> because that's not what I wanted to do there. Um, and then I started doing the projects, hating it at the time, but now looking back at it, I'm very thankful that I've had those classes because it taught me to think differently um, than like what I guess like normal people outside of like the art world, like understand. Um, so you learn about like fundamentals of design, for example, you realize what composition is and like why are things like formatted this way you learn about um typography color like um color theory to like what colors like go well together and everything so like uh yeah so yeah i guess briefly to explain my experience i hate it in the beginning i love it in the end um but i'm interested in like did you like everything like from the beginning did you have a hard time um, being surrounded by the people you're, you're, you know, in studio with, I'm not sure like how your studio environment was, but like, mm -hmm. I know on mine, like everyone was there like all the time, <laughs> like, like working on stuff. and like, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. So very interested in, in that. Yeah. So our, so the Cleveland Institute of Art is a really, uh, interesting school and I didn't know how interesting it was, uh, when I chose it, but, um, they don't have a grad school program. So they bring in a lot of visiting artists. So when you're like a junior and senior, you really get to meet some really cool people and um, you get attention from that, that you wouldn't get at a normal school, but I will back up to the beginning. So I graduated high school and then had the whole summer, whatever, went to CIA for two or three, two months, pretty much dropped out because of the pressure was too much. I was balancing a couple other things and was in a very dark mental space. And then I took the whole year off and I spent an entire year watching TBS reruns. So a lot of Seinfeld, a lot of uh, Saved by the Bell. I, if I look back, my memory can't pull anything out of that year. <laughs> it's, it's completely blacked out, which is not good, but not, yeah. I'm probably glad that I can't think about it. You just have like a Seinfeld like baseline in your head. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, but I, in February of that year, 
Um, one of my favorite bands of all time, Lemuria, posted online that they were looking for an intern, which I was like, I didn't think any. I was like, oh, this band's bigger because they sing. They don't scream all the time. Uh, they probably do need an intern. But I replied to the email and um, ended up just doing their mail order pretty much. But it was me and the drummer would just sit at his house and we would watch uh, B-side movies like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Troll 2. Uh, those are the two that come to mind. But And we became friends and whatever. He found out that I drew and stuff. Um, and there they have a they have a they had a main designer craig horky who uh his art is phenomenal like he has t-shirt design figured out um but i uh they went on a tour with the menzingers and he was like this will be really cool draw a flyer for every date on the show and i drew what 30 posters in like 30 days and that got the fire back under me to go back and start drawing every day and getting really into it. And all I thought about was art from that moment. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to school. Let's do it. So I jumped in. Um, and the first year at CIA is all foundation stuff. So kind of like what you're saying, color theory, um, design one, design two, drawing one, drawing two, um, and a couple other classes that kind of, build your skill set and round you out whether it be you do learn some digital stuff but it's mostly physical or like um yeah like physical fundamentals and all of my professors were fine art leaning so the one woman christy birchfield was the most intense person i think i've ever met but she set um a template for me and is one of she's one of my favorite artists um and she's like, she was one of my favorite teachers I ever had. If you showed up late to her class, you'd get kicked out. If you um, were asleep, she would shake your desk. Like, you know, if, or if you, you know, and she wasn't afraid yeah. to hold back. Like we had some of those like, uh, critiques. yeah, some of those critiques, <laughs> you know, that were just like, what? A, and I had a drawing one critique with another professor who we had all, we got that we, we, she was like, when you come in, the work has to be hung up. Otherwise we're not talking about it. Uh, so all the work was hung up. She just like looked at the wall and said, this isn't good enough. Just go home and do it again. Come back next week. Yeah. You, know, you know, like that's harsh. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, I, I want to hit on that too, because <laughs> I, from like the outside world, like people who don't are not in art school, like this probably sounds horrible, like to hear, but like, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, I mean, it kind of is, but like you, uh, art, art students, like if you don't know, like you go, like you work in this project for like, you know, however long you have, maybe a week, sometimes just like a day um, yeah. or a couple of days and you go and like hang your art and everyone sees it in the classroom. And like, you have this like professor who's like supposed to know, like, <laughs> like everything and like looks at your art and can tear it down if it's like garbage. Like, and you think like, if you like my be like oh like i didn't think it's that bad but like they are pretty harsh sometimes and like uh and then you have to like participate and like give critiques to like other students work as well um but yeah i just wanted to explain that a little bit more no for sure yeah it's such a yeah it's a, yeah it sounds terrible to be like you're you're on display and you have to listen to people's thoughts about it 
And sometimes it's really useful. And sometimes you're like, eh, that doesn't really apply to what I was trying to do there. But um, it, yeah, it, it it's liberating too. I think once you start getting into the weeds of it and you start understanding the process or like the why you're getting ripped apart every week, it's just because people want you to be better and know you're capable of doing better than what you put up. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. Like it, it kind of like teaches you how to detach yourself a little bit from your artwork because I feel like that's what you have initially like going into anything like since a child like you create something like you you know color something for your parents and like you go yeah. around like oh like it's so amazing like they hang it on the fridge or something. Um so we kind of all have that like fundamental like instinct where like everything you're creating is like great. Um but once you get to like an art school, for example, and like you learn that it's not as good as it can be. Um, so like I said, it detaches you emotionally from it, which sounds kind of weird <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. But like it, it learns you, it teaches you how to like crit- start critiquing your, your own artwork and like learn how it's like, oh, this isn't good. Like telling yourself that and like finding out like ways to make it better based on like previous comments that you've heard from like other students or other professors and like learn how to like use that to your, to your advantage. Yeah. One of the, one of the best things I learned later on is like one of the teachers just said, like, just know none of this is precious. And I was like, Oh, like that lit the fire even harder. Like that's such a weird thing. It's like, yes, I'm being a lot of the work I make is the most vulnerable expression of who I am is that I can put out into the world. Um, but also learning that like, it's just a stepping stone for the next thing I'm going to do is kind of relieving in some way. Like there's no pressure on any of the pieces I'm making. Um, yeah. And then to kind of kind of go from there to uh, like, after the fundamentals, you get into your majors which is like, so I chose drawing and printmaking, which seemed kind of, uh, drawing is a, just tell people I have a degree in drawing is one of the strangest things. Um, cause it's not illustration. It's, um, it's draw, it's like drawing geared towards gallery artwork. Yeah. Um, it's like learning to see. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, um, and basically after your freshman year the once you get into your major the teacher especially in drawing they're like we know you you took drawing one and two you're supposed to know how to draw this we don't we're not talking about fundamentals we're not talking about technical anymore we do a little bit but it's mostly theoretical it's mostly um conceptual based stuff um and you're kind of self-guided through that journey and the teachers act more as mentors and help you develop your craft in a way that you can graduate and have a career in some capacity. Um, yeah. And then you kind of work and you work towards this BFA where you, you know, make a whole show or a body of work and then defend it um, to the panel of your professors. They ask questions, you write a 10 page paper um, that really kind of goes in depth about, you know, all, all the stuff we're talking about today. Um, yeah yeah so i mean i guess overall do you are you glad that you've went through these experiences and like are do you think that your degree like helps to what you're doing now yeah yeah i i see so much um 
like in the community I'm in, I see a lot of like in the music world and stuff. I see a lot of people saying like college isn't necessary college. And it's not for everybody. It's totally not. But for me, it gave me structure and the isolated time to focus on my craft. So I left there with a really strong skill set to make the dream I have a reality. Um, I don't think I would have been confident enough on my own to chase that. I think the professors helped me kind of craft it in a way that made sense. They helped me, you know, I wouldn't know how to outsource the way I know how to outsource stuff now. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't, th- and I wouldn't think about art in the way I think about it now. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, yeah, I, it was definitely a formative experience and it helped me understand how to digest imagery and digest like content for lack of a better word in the yeah. world in a different uh, manner. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I had similar experience where I could say for me personally, I found value in my education um, and like studying design. Um, I can't speak for like all aspects of college. Um, like if you're going for like a business degree or something, or like, you know, engineering yeah. or something, I, I don't, I'm not sure how, how that can pan out, but specifically for art, um, you may think also like, why why would you study art like people always kind of have that negative connotation to it where like you're just like wasting your money and like you are just gonna graduate and not have a job basically um which yes. can be true like it is a little bit scary um uh, at the same time um but like i for again speaking personally i found a uh, value in it because you meet these professors you meet like these other students that you're like working with and like you learn a lot from them whether like you know it at the time or not like just like being around like people doing um similar things to you or like working on similar projects and seeing like different perspectives like once you like present something like oh i would have never thought to do you know a competition like that or like yeah you know we all have like the same like subject to to work on and everyone else like looks different which is like kind of awesome like yeah totally yeah because you see like different perspectives and like you learn um that not everything is like your your worldview it kind of like i said earlier like it really teaches you how to see differently um i think yeah 100 um, percent. yeah so yeah i mean again art i mean school is not for for everyone you can yes you can teach yourself like everything like nowadays um, yeah for sure yeah so but it does require like that drive if you want to go along that path like you, it requires a lot of work and like i think that school just kind of forces you um to do these things like i would never want to do any of these things myself um because i don't have that much of a drive um to to like put together projects for myself and like you know everything like that um so if you have the means to go to school i would say like go to it if you would like but i mean i know it's difficult as well like i had to get a lot of scholarships and like loans and like work really hard because I was very poor and yes, like, my parents couldn't afford school so like I know it is difficult um but yeah I would just encourage others like if you want to go to school like look to see what's out there and like what resources are available to you um, yeah definitely and like I feel like yeah yes I agree yeah and I think like knowing like so the time I went and dropped out it was because I didn't I wasn't ready 
like I feel like I feel like it's important to know you can go whenever it's not a push it, you know and I don't think a lot like I think parents too they're like I went as soon as I graduated you have to go and it's like yeah that you're off as much as like I joke about not knowing anything about it I think I grew as a person like I and I knew like if I'm do if I'm going to college I have to be there 100 percent like I really can't like I don't, I mean, being straight edge or whatever, I don't drink or whatever, but I wasn't, I'd go to shows and stuff and shows would be like, okay, I got my homework done. I can go to the show. Like, but I, I pretty much just focused on school the whole time. There wasn't a whole lot of me, um, like partying or like going out. It was 100% like focused out. I would make like 200 drawings a semester or whatever, you know? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i guess uh being straight edge has that advantage a little bit yeah like, really do- yeah I, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean having, having fun is great too though like no you know, for do, sure do what you want but like um you know i i, I had same same experience like i was always like kind of working um and i had like i had a part-time job to like help pay for school so i would do that but that part-time job was like in design so at the same time it was like teaching me more design um yeah and then so so yeah it, it's it's kind of like a wild time to think about like and I just graduated like a few years ago but like even just thinking back like what I was doing then like it's kind of wild like how your body and like your mind like just changes during those years because you're like always like working and like getting mm-hmm. a little sleep <laughs> like I can't imagine doing that right now <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think I could mentally uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of difficult, but once you adjust, like you just are fully there. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting topic to talk about because I don't think that like art school in general is discussed much in our community. Um, so it was something I was like, you know, interested in and in asking you about, cause we both have kind of similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, for me, it's always like, it's interesting when academia and hardcore is a, a <laughs> bit of an oxymoron, right? Yeah. But you see people that talk about it at some capacity and yeah. it's always, for me, it's always like I, my ear always perks up like Pat Flynn or whatever, whenever yeah. he, right. And then Ned from title fight, um, once a there, I don't know what it was that I listened to, but he talked for an hour about, his experience at Columbia for creative mm-hmm. writing. And um, now he wrote a novel and yeah. I, and just like hearing about that experience really opened up um, the way I think about things and like, Oh, like, yeah, just cause it's hardcore doesn't mean I can't be like a nerdy loser also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so, like education has a kind of like a negative um, type of, you know, thing and and hardcore i mean Mm -hmm. but i mean i think i think that's changing now though like i feel like a a lot of people are like driven and like are in our community um more so and like are learning um a lot more which is like very cool to see um so yeah there's might be like a a change happening right now um in this like past year yeah um which is exciting uh and, and i always like love people like I love seeing like people succeed. So like anyone like working towards something like a, a larger goal that they have set for themselves and like making themselves happy. Um, that's always just like great to see. 
Yeah. And, and yeah, per, I think, yes, achieving a personal goal, that's a good way to put it. Like it doesn't have, yeah. to, like, it doesn't have to be school. It could be like, yeah. you know, even like a band, Oh, we put out this record. We worked really hard on it. You know, yeah. that's so sick. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I guess I kind of want to go in a direction of this conversation and more about like your process and like taking on projects. Um, because I have, had experiences where I'm given free realm to do whatever I want in design, which is yeah. frustrating at times, but also kind of nice sometimes. But um, I wanted to ask you um, like about your process with taking on commissions, like where do you start? Um, and I have an example, like with the shirt that you're wearing, like I gave you a pretty like straightforward, like example of like what I wanted and like you achieved it like, like so like quickly and like so greatly. Um, but I know not every project is like that where you get a straightforward concept. Like how do you deal with, um, I guess, open-endedness and like trying to figure out what can work for a band? Um, yeah, that's, oh, that's such a good, that's a good question. And I think about it a lot. Um, yeah, your te- yeah, you gave me a great example. And I think one of my one of my favorite things with shirts, and I think this shirt encapsulates it a lot, is uh, the idea of lineage to the past or the present. And I think like, oh, okay, it's this Gorilla Biscuits rip, but how do I make it a Joey's World drawing? How do I make it fit the prompt or the concept? And um, how you know like what you know what what little nods can i put in there to the current state of things or like the um and the gorilla biscuit stuff so like you know putting the little guy with the trumpet player that was like so clutch and like learning how to draw and the mark making that's involved in creating that little guy helps inform helped inform kind of how the rest of the drawing would play out um, but a lot, thankfully my style is my style to some degree where most people are coming to me for that and say, this is the idea I have. I think what you would do fits it. And so I have some free range, um, knowing how screen printing works helps. I think in terms of like, definitely, <laughs> it's going to be expensive if you do 10 colors, but we can yeah. do it like, yeah. or knowing like knowing the um, ins and outs of everything is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like, so the change t-shirts we did, that was unlike a lot of projects I work on. Aram is really intense, but really positive. So he, I bought a shirt from the death wish store. Everything comes back to death wish shout out. Um, but, uh, I bought a shirt and I just, uh, Keith, uh, X edge, I think on internet, he packed the order and was like, love what you do. And I was like, (laughs) man, I like, I used to follow him on Tumblr when I was a kid. And I think he's a little older than me. So I was like, man, that dude's so cool. Like, and I was like, so to see that known be like, he knows who I am. That's so yeah. cool. Like a little nerdy thing. So I tagged him. I tagged change. And then I think Aram runs the page was like, let's do something. 
like yeah. I look at your page. It's sick. Uh, yeah. This is the this is the timeline. Listen to a song, respond to it. And so I just like I I love that band, and I just like listened to the record and like really sat with the lyrics. Asked him to send it to me, and I just sat there. Like it took me a little bit longer than normal because the experience and the lyrics of all the songs are so personal. And like, um, you know, whether it be about being better than you were yesterday or like losing someone in your life or those types of things, like especially like the the loss of someone and and uh, reaching out to others around you is such a important thing. And the thing I ruminate a lot on and think about how art and imagery can be a thing that people can latch on to. Uh, for positive reasons or to connect with someone to say like, Oh, I feel that way too. Um, but so like, yeah, so to do that design, he really gave me free. He's like, colors don't matter. Do what you need to do. But, and it was a lot, but he, it was also a lot of back and forth. I was on the mock-up. He'd be like, do, you know, he would make slight adjustments and it was a lot of back and forth on that stuff. But it, a lot of what I do, and I think it comes from having a more conceptual background, is really digesting what the band or artist or person is saying, like thinking about the content of the lyrics, thinking about that. And then also, like I said, participating in like the lineage. So like a lot of the Sunstroke stuff, they're, you know, they do a lot of like early 90s college rock discord style stuff so it's easy for me to jump in because i like we're saying i have such like a vast knowledge that it's easy for me to jump in there and and kind of like walk around their universe and be like oh we like these you know four or five artists let's funnel that through joey's world and see what comes out um you know, Sean will send Sean who sings in Sunstroke will send me the lyrics or send me the idea for a record or the idea for what he's thinking about for like the live stream. And it's just, okay, let's ruminate on that. And then like, um, you know, I, for him, I really do look, I go back and I like Melinda Beck, the lady who did a lot of the quicksand art. Uh, I kind of go through her portfolio a lot and I forgot the guy's name, but the guy who did the hot water music art, um, kind of like look through their stuff and like, okay, what does this look like through my lens? Yeah, those are good references too. Um, because their art definitely looks different. Um so different. Yeah. The the quick sign like t-shirt illustrations like so good. Like I don't own any, but I, I want one so bad. <laughs> They're hard yeah, to find. I have, I have one of the hoodie, the hoodie with like a dude who has like eyes like smoking, like his eyes are mouths and they're smoking cigarettes. so it's so weird and it's uniquely her own vision yeah and i i want i want to meet her in the world it's so corny but like walt like it's it's not frust. it is frustrating because it's what i want but walter is doing so many interviews yeah uh right now and like they're putting out new music and like i'm like yes Yes, I need it's this. It's time. It's time. But <laughs> his artistic vision for these projects is so specific, and nobody yeah. ever like people like 
like Bob from Axe to Grind will talk about it in passing or whatever. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, cool. They're interviewing him. They might touch on this. Like, yeah. I know Bob, Bob loves Melinda Beck. Like, let's go. And yeah. then it, it didn't happen. I was like, oh, like, I, I, <laughs> but I, I, uh, even the lady, Amy Grantham, who did the interiors album art, it's such yeah. a specific looking, well thought out, well curated yeah. thing. And I want to know the steps to how that happened. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I haven't really thought about it like that, but that would be a great conversation. And I think we should both talk to Walter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see a Walter on the yeah, because what I'm thinking now about all the artwork, like Gorilla Biscuit start today, crazy album cover, like yes. the letters, like the, the 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 back of it with the little guy, like the GB, like there's so much there, and it works yeah. all together. Well, who okay, like who knew that the giant gorilla wearing a champion sweatshirt <laughs> like changed the world, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um and like the the rival schools art like it's so interesting I think like it like it has this like retro feel to it yeah but it it really speaks to that time I think um and like the, I think on Instagram too that someone had mentioned like it can be just like a regular like t shirt that you find like at O Navy or something that's just like a graphic yeah, the, yeah. Yes, the rival schools yeah the right but it's so it's so cool and even like the pedals art or like the the found yeah. art is so cool. Yeah, it's just like it's like someone in like a warehouse or something, right? Yeah, and it's like yeah. old, it's like found paintings, like it's like storage, yeah. you know. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. genius. Quick sense slip, amazing art. Like, yeah, the love, di- love. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like everything. <laughs> uh, even the, um, the, the Dine Alone cover is super. Yeah. like the Dine Alone cover is so much of last year was me ripping that cover off i go to that cover yeah. for so much stuff <laughs> and i like i drew i didn't that dog i drew um that is on like it's on a crew neck and i have keychains of it i didn't look at the cover for that and then i can't somebody was like yo you literally just drew that <laughs> i was like oh oh no oh no That's i felt bad. i was gonna like reach out and apologize at some point That's the the blue one, right? With like yeah the, the it's green yeah. yeah and then i actually they're right this yeah yeah i have that one yeah on it, on it, yeah yeah it's on the hat too yeah um <laughs> yeah uh even the uh even the more like photographic stuff like you mentioned interiors but the divorce album single like, yes. i love that album art it's like i first of all like the the name of it is so cool like i want to use that for a band name <laughs> i think it's like yeah <laughs> i think it just sounds cool but like yeah it the the title is just like a small rectangle and it has like this orange um art and you see like a woman in a dress i'm like yeah yeah I, th- I think so yeah oh my god yeah and i think for inspiration to phrasing and words too yeah. so are so such a key thing i think like walter and like i talk about i fucked up um yeah and uh every time i die too yeah lyrical geniuses and paint a picture in a way that if i'm listening to them i can see i can almost see the song forming or like yeah see images of what is there you know yeah now 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was just like thinking back to that divorce album art. I just noticed yeah. too that the two words are like separated by a line and the rectangle. The, yeah, yeah, separation. I don't. I don't. That's like one I don't have yet. I got to track. Yeah, it. I don't have it either. I needed to. Um, but yeah, I uh, also wanted to ask, like, uh, how are you? balancing everything um recently because i know it's it's hard um like for me i get uninspired a lot sometimes and like i don't want to work on anything or do anything um which can be very troublesome if you have like a lot of work that is due soon and it's like a lot to handle um and also like having to work um you know like a full-time job for example um, and like do this stuff, like something that you're inspired and like want to work on, but like, I almost sometimes feel like you're like in a cage and you can't get out until like this time. And then you can start working on something that you, that you have want to do. So how, yeah. how, do you, how do you balance and deal with everything? I don't, I don't know. Um, lately it's been <laughs> tough for me. I, I have a pretty, I like, I'd like to think I have a strong work ethic. I spent all of last year not or not saying no to stuff and getting overbooked and learning that that's not a help. Like I I get so motivated by hearing like all these artists being like for the first 10 years, you can't say no to anything. You just have to do it all. Just go, go, go. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't function that way. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be working with such like-minded people or projects that are so specific to my world and so specific to um, who I want to, like the output that I want to be um, or challenge me in a way that I've never been challenged before or a way that I haven't done something in a while where it's like, I need to, I, it keeps me engaged and curious. I think being curious is something I lose sometimes and need to be reminded that like, there's always an approach I haven't thought about for a design or like, Oh, like a texture, like what would that texture look like screen printed on a t-shirt or, you know, new color palettes. Um, like going back to the basics is a lot of, keeping me grounded and keeping me driving um my like so right now i i've had a month and it's due at the end of this month to start this uh animated music video and i've done one before and it's good um it's all hand drawn it's like a thousand drawings and i did it in like four days which is oh not God. good <laughs> but like now that i have like the time to do it i'm overthinking it in a lot of ways but like Dinosaur Jr. just put out a new record there. Yeah. I don't know the name of the song off the top of my head, but there's a new video with uh, with a stop motion thing. And it's the guy okay. who did the higher power, one of the higher power music videos off their new record. Yeah. And I found his page and I was like, there's like, I want to do it hand drawn still, but there's stop motion elements where I'm like, what if I do like cuts, like cuts between like the chorus and the verses that are like real, you know, like, pictures and then like go back to drawing somehow um yeah. in it and and 
knowing that what I'm doing is kind of an unconventional, unconventional approach to animation is kind of like, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be different. And it's different for me because yeah. I don't do it every day. Yeah. Um, but that's cause my brain, like I'm talking about this cause it's what my brain is like firing on. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's a good example too. Um, because I wasn't say I have, I've had similar experiences where anytime I'm uninspired or don't want to do something or it's hard to balance things. Like I do something different and it like lights a spark again. Like um, recently I was designing um, some album art and I have gotten caught up on my computer of just like doing stuff in Photoshop or like illustrator and like putting something together pretty quickly just because of like yeah. time. I like purposely told myself like, I'm not going to start in the computer uh today like i'm gonna start by hand um which is like something i used to do a lot um like during school and like a little bit after school but like i've just gotten so caught up with time where like i need to like pump things out um, more quickly so it's always like faster just to, like do it on the computer um but this time i was like i'm gonna use my hand and, like i i used i did like some hand lettering and like i was like i got a crayon out and i was like trying to like color stuff like just like when i was a kid like, almost and like I was trying to like build this kind of like new style that I hadn't I've like tr like have done in the past but not to this extent and I was like mm -hmm. using like I was like printing a bunch of stuff like as references and like photocopying and like putting it back in photoshop and like like cleaning it up and stuff so it was like a lot of like fun it was kind of felt like a puzzle in a way too like putting everything you have all these assets now and like putting it together in a composition and like um on the computer so yeah things like that are always like inspiring just like trying something different kind of lights that mark uh that spark again um so yeah great example and like uh going back to your, your animation idea um i think that also helps like kind of um give you ideas for your next projects like now that you've you've had this experience like what are you gonna do next time yeah and i think too like yeah and anytime i um like one once a year I draw a realistic bird uh, just to remind myself I know how to draw. And it's just like a joke that I have for myself. <laughs> I never post. Yeah. I, I think I posted last year's and then deleted it shortly after, but <laughs> I, um, anytime I do something that's not, yeah. Like, or like I'm doing this animation project or I drew the realistic bird. When I go back, there's something new that wasn't there before. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, like the way that, you know, that texture played out when I drew it for the video really fast looks awesome. What if I apply that to the t-shirt in the drawing, you know, in one of my drawings? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of creates like a cyclical thing. Yeah. And I, I kind of mentioned too, like using the computer and like, I know that you use your iPad, um, like, and like procreate and stuff. Like I want to learn a little bit more about that. Like, what is your user process going from traditional to digital? Like, do, are you always starting traditional and then going to digital and cleaning everything up? Do you have yes. like your own uh, Procreate brushes? Like, how does that all work for you? Yeah, I so I, all my stuff kind of goes through multiple. I'm looking for examples just to pull so I can talk about it now, but I don't know if I have any out. Um, mm -hmm. I pretty much always start physical, right? I'll start... Um, let, I let's depict the Sunday drive shirt, right? Um, I bought a compass, yeah, drew the circle out for the logo. I'm like, that's going in the center, like yeah. the GB thing. 
Okay. And I left that out because I knew that would be a digital thing. Cause I was like, I, I, my hands are like not steady. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard. It's hard to draw a perfect circle or like, and I I was like, that's the focal point is the logo. Right. So I had that. And then I just was like figuring out how to overlap stuff or like, so I would, I penciled that one out like by hand. I knew what I wanted. And then I, um, go between using pens like micron pens um to a brush in india ink often i i hand i brushed that one together um because it when i brush stuff and then edit it out in photoshop it adds a grit and a texture that oh yeah sometimes is needed and sometimes isn't needed um yeah and uh I, so in the way, like leaves look hand brushed is so, it looks so nice. Um, (laughs) but with that, yeah, so I drew that one by hand and I had the big circle cut out. I, it was too, I drew it a little bit bigger because I wanted to put more detail into it. So I took a good photo of it. That was contrasty. I brought it into Photoshop. adjusted the level. So it was solidly black and white. And then I deleted out all of the white space. So there was no background to it. And I made it a PNG. Then I transferred it over to Photoshop or transferred it over to my iPad and procreate. And especially when things are getting outsourced to be screen printed, that is the best way for me to do it. Cause then I can have the layers and the colors and make sure that everything's lined up to be executed as a screen print. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're all the layers are all the stencils. Yeah. Or try to. Sometimes it gets disorganized, but I know yeah. most of the people that you and I work with are very capable and proficient designers yeah. and really wonderful to work with. So they can do that stuff. Um <laughs> I trust I trust Lucky House and Edge Men with yeah, uh, yeah. my whole heart. Um and then yeah, so I'll I'll go and then so once I color it in. I kind of have to like step back. I'll pull it up on the computer because it'll be a little bit larger than on my iPad and kind of see if there's any areas that I needed to tighten up or fix again, send it back to the iPad, fix it up there, and then kind of have a final product. Um, text. So if the text for this, I drew by hand first and then fixed it up in Photoshop. Um, if I'm doing like the sunstroke font or like, the moon kisser font I did was really fun. I do it. I'll ink those. Yeah. Um, that one looked really good. The moon kisser one was cool. Yeah. Cause what I used was the, the O's are the bottom of this bottle. Like oh, I nice. just inked it up and just stamped it and yeah. Yeah. And made kind of like a little print and it made it look really strange. Yeah. That looks, yeah. Not, yeah. Now that, that you mentioned that those O's, like I kind of like distinct in there, um, but they're like really cool. Um, they all work together. Yeah. Um, but uh, do you also like, I guess now that we're talking about like working on projects and like inspiration and stuff, do you think that this past year and the pandemic has affected you as far as like being inspired? Because I mean, I mentioned before too, like I've, gone through periods of of that and i'm always going through that like aside from the pandemic but like i feel like this past year especially it was a little bit more difficult because i felt like i was more inside than usual 
Um, yeah. And I've kind of learned like kind of recently that being outside and like being in like nature really does like help me um, like just being able to like feel the sun and like feel like breeze and like explore a little bit. So it's something that has helped me like going outside and skating or like riding bikes and like just like walking like on trails and stuff really does help me. So I wanted to see if you've had similar experiences as well. Yeah. I think the I, for probably the, a large amount of people, the pandemic kind of like shot my mental health through a wall. Like same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I take care of it as best I can. Uh, I, yeah, I am, I have like diagnosed depression and bipolar. Um, and those really kind of came out in the being inside all the time and stuff like that. Um, and kind of pushed me away from being on top of my time management, no matter how much I physically wanted to do it. My brain, uh, wouldn't allow me to jumpstart that yeah. process. And I was, I would get manic when people would come to me with project ideas and be like, yes, 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 let's do it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then when I would come to my desk, I'd be like, just want to be in my bed. Like I can't bring this to me. Um, But I, uh, I feel the, I feel a lot of pressure leaving my body and getting better now that like things are seemingly hitting a normal C mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, I work part-time at an art supply store. And I think when we think about art supply stores, we think it's mostly people like you and I shopping there. Um, yeah. but we, there are also a lot of uh, fringe characters that need to buy yeah. art supplies and people that have uh, unmatching ideologies or think mm-hmm. things in the world aren't real um, mm-hmm. come in and dealing with that a lot. Like it's surprising how many times I've had to be like, Hey, do you mind if you pull up your mask? Do you mind having a mask? Yeah. And it's for the safety of all the people in the store. And how many times I've been told to like, fuck off and die is Jesus. like mind numbing. So like, I, yeah, I, I, I horrible. Yeah. I, um, it's, I talk about it a lot. I feel like on my Instagram, but like running I is there's too many analogies for life that equate to running to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, there. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I used to skateboard a lot too, but I, my, in my knees and stuff are not as good as they used to be. So I had to kind of like switch yeah. gears and take care of my body in a different way and still be active. But, um, mm-hmm. I think about my day like a marathon. And so if I'm there all day, I try to move as not as slow as possible, but I know it's going to be a longer day and that I need to have energy when I come home to get in the studio and get drawing and get um, productive in some manner. So it's like, I've, you know, I start off the run slow and then get faster towards the end or get into what I care about at the end of the day. So like, learning how to shut my brain off in certain situations or like let autopilot kind of take control has been important. Um, but yeah, sorry, I derailed this, uh, cause I, no, yeah, I feel like, uh, it, 
it has helped me. The beginning was super helpful and productive because I, yeah. I, I got fired from my job as a lot of us did because they closed. Yeah. Um, and just me, I was like, oh, I have to do this full. I have to do art full time now. That's my only source of income. Like this right. is a do or die situation. Let's go. Yeah. And I, I took care of it. I did it. I did it for four months. I did it. And I dropped the ball a couple of times on a certain projects. Uh, and I learned, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about outsourcing stuff. I learned about money management, which is things that are, you know, um, I feel like, uh, art people aren't always good at. I learned a lot about yeah. time management, what I need for myself, how much I can take on uh, respectably and still make for myself and still kind of have all my, uh, have like the art, my fine art stuff, have Joey's world stuff and have, you know, band stuff all kind of be one thing and really learning what it is to be a full-time designer or full-time illustrator and make that, uh, make my presence known and make it so that my reputation is still, um, good. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I I can't like relate to like being in the store and like people telling you like horrible things just because I have been working from home the past year. But yeah. you kind of helped me. I, I I mean I was kind of aware that it was happening, but like you kind of made me a little bit more aware. Like these people are working every day and probably experience this so much, and like it's so saddening and like annoying in a way that we have to deal with this, this yeah. idiosity, idiosity. <laughs> like, yeah. it's and like, like the facts are here. Like people are just declining that. Yeah. And it, it's tough too. Like if you know people that have had COVID or, you know, like you're the, yeah, the facts are there and there's no, it's for me, it, it's, do you like, yes, these people probably care about other people, but like, do you care about people you don't know? Yeah. Or like, do you have the empathy to realize that I'm here four days a week, eight hours a day? I'm more susceptible to this because I'm not just coming in and buying a marker and leaving. I'm here right. all day. I'm exposed to people who are like breathing heavily, breathing on me. Like I'm up close yeah. and personal to a lot of people and we i mean we have precautions in place and stuff to like make it safe for everybody of course but it's yeah. still i'm more vulnerable i mean for sure but i yeah but uh so that stuff yeah that stuff kind of burnt me out a lot and i come home and i'm like yeah for the past like month or so i've been kind of like dizzy yeah. around it but uh i doing talks like this and stuff too have been uh rejuvenating and inspiring yeah. and it's it's always like when you reached out i was like i i mean i love everything you put out and when you want to engage or like when you when you hit me to do that shirt i was like oh my god this is so like so cool <laughs> and so it's so thoughtful and when other people yeah. are thoughtful and stuff it, it's so much more healing and fulfilling than you know like it's like oh like not that you know, it's, it, it helps patch those, uh, holes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to say, I just, cause I'm, I empathize, uh, with that. And I, sorry, <laughs> that, that 
people have to go through this and it's just like annoying um to hear yeah. about but i'm i'm glad like you have this other outlet that can help um you know balance this in, in everyday life um i know it definitely helps me just being able to have the opportunity to work with people that i like um and like other artists that i i care about mm-hmm. um just really uh keeps me like inspired and like wanting to to move on continue moving on yeah um definitely uh and i guess just to like uh get towards like the end and like wrap start wrapping things up i had just had like a couple of more like fun questions um yeah, yeah just about like this <laughs> <laughs> about like music um and art like what what are some of like your favorite albums or like favorite designers i know you, we've kind of mentioned some already but like do you have like you know a top like five albums or something uh okay top five oh man top, okay i can do top five bands i don't know if i can do top five albums uh fucked up yeah. self-defense <laughs> family lemuria those are like my top th- quicksand is four yeah. Uh, well can i just say walter schreifels is four <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like just, just him as a creative uh and oh i can't think of a fifth i'm, I'm looking behind me um, yeah oh uh, what are the what are like and, and i guess instead of self-defense family i would say pat kinlan too his yeah. creative output is I sometimes I can't stand him as a personality but when he when, like drug church and um, self-defense family always hit in some strange way to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Dose your dreams by fucked up uh, is the record that made me want to quit my nine to five job and do art full time. Um, and they just put out a record called year of the horse. That's one 90 minute track. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh an inspiring journey yeah. of a horse uh <laughs> um artists i like uh obviously peanut stuff uh a the i the how funny it is and how the idea of melancholy yeah. and artwork is in in comics is so cool um yeah like i said david hockney and alex katz uh are two of my favorite painters um there's this painter from cleveland and she's like one of the most she has some controversy over her over the past two years but prior to that her name is dana schutz um she her idea of prompts in her artwork like she has a whole series of paintings that are um what if human like uh what if humans didn't have to eat food and they had regenerating limbs and could just eat their limbs <laughs> like it, it's, it's, and like so it, it goes yeah. through like like there'll just be paintings of like a dude like a weird muppet looking guy eating his own arm but then there's yeah. paintings of just like how from like oh i don't need human interaction because i don't need to eat like it goes into this like crazy isolation yeah uh, of like of a human it's very strange but like her her ideas of prompts really kind of like drive me they're playful but then they can also get super serious um henry matisse is one of them his colors and um 
out of like those painters, most of them were pretty rough characters uh, in terms of like mm-hmm. my moral standpoints. Like Picasso had a 14 year old uh, sex partner and like things. Yeah. Like, like I can't always. And like, I look at, I always see a Picasso drawing and I'm like, so good you're so yeah yeah matisse not to my knowledge has a story like that and there's um there's uh his his ties to how he like famously has like the jazz series of cutouts and the uh ability to respond to music and make art based on that response to music something i think about with hardcore and like how i output my what i do um yeah yeah so that makes sense. Those, for sure yeah um what are some of the the things that you're working on right right now that you're excited about i mean i know you just put up the video um speaking on those things but if you want to expand a little bit more on that like for example the sunstroke and bent blue split i didn't know that was happening which is like exciting to hear about but it sounds like the perfect combo <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like both those bands and Tony from Ben Blue and Sean are like, I feel like two of my biggest cheerleaders in some way. So, <laughs> and I like, I saw the Ben Blue logo or like yeah. that drip text they did. And I listened to the record or I, I think I saw a video of them playing a program before they had a record out. And I followed oh, yeah. them instantly. It was like, the me- message them was like, your stuff is so cool. And they're like, your stuff is so cool. <laughs> And so uh, I was stoked when that opportunity came up because I don't like to pry all that much or like, I don't like to like, I I don't like to like send the blind DM, like, let me do a shirt for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd rather it come to me. Yeah. Um, but when, so when this came up, it gave me the, the green light to do it. Um, what's different about this is both sides are going to be finished artworks. There's going to be no digital manipulation on it well there will be but it won't be it'll be my new it'll be fix-ups it won't be a thing it's two wood 12 inch by 12 inch wood panels so the cover will be one the bent blue painting one will be the sunstroke painting um and it's it's gonna be cool um yeah i don't know if you've listened to that band last gasp from cleveland Uh, i don't think so are they on dgr no they are okay they were on War Records, which is the strike. Okay, okay. But they're do- yeah, they yeah. dropped for some. I don't know the minutia of it, but um, they reached out to do. I tweeted in November, like I want to do an animated video. It's been a long time. Um, one band hit me up, and I dropped the ball on it because I didn't realize I forgot how much time it takes. Um, but this one came up, and I was like, and that band wasn't fitting for my style necessarily so this one came up and it's more free reign we talked about like inspiration source and like uh the bob's punks get cut or jay howell uh did like a bunch of trash talk videos okay um that are animated and we kind of like we're like that's the style i want to go for or like that you know that universe so i was like let's go like um yeah and then i i'm the clothes, my clothing stuff is hard to bounce around right now. Uh, it's, it's fun, but it's, it's hard to move a lot of stuff. Um, I'm sure you kind of know like the, yeah. clothes and, and records yeah. and stuff. Um, 
but yeah it's difficult like for people who don't know like you have to do like minimums usually of like 25 to 30 and like it's even at it may sound like not that much but like getting people to commit you know (laughs) 25 or 30 people to commit to buying a t-shirt and like plus shipping and stuff like it gets difficult it gets Um, yeah and and it's costly it gets difficult costly and my one of my biggest not it's not a pet peeve um things is i i was i told myself when i started this journey that it was never going to be like i bought the t-shirt buy it like or like i put out the shirt you need to buy it like that's the art it's for me it's like a labor yeah. of love um yeah i th- uh, the mo of me doing clothing is because the value of my artwork as an individual item is probably too pricey for anyone my age. And that's just because of the way the market of art works. I want to make, whether it be a zine or a um, t-shirt or a hat, you know, I want it to be something that you can wear and buy and be, you know, own, say I own an artwork, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to, like, pricing, for example, like, especially, like, punk and hardcore, we have this, like, I was mentioning earlier, this traditional, like, values of, like, t-shirts, they need to be cheap, like, you go to show, you know, you can spend 10 bucks or, like, 15 bucks on, like, a shirt or record, like, things are changing now, like, it doesn't cost that much to, to, to make those items, it costs more now, like, it should probably, it's, probably going to be more standardized to you know buy a 12 inch for like 20 bucks whereas in the past you can buy for like 12 bucks um mm-hmm. same with seven inches like it costs about seven dollars uh, or like six to eight dollars sometimes to make a seven inch and like yeah. you can't sell them for like five bucks anymore you have to sell them like close to ten dollars which is seems kind of weird um and with t-shirts as well like everyone loves comfort colors but they're like a little bit more pricey and if we're putting like four colors on them they're going to come out to like, you know, 13, maybe $14. And then you sell them like, it, 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 it's just difficult. I think sometimes uh, when yeah. you're pricing stuff, cause you want to make everything affordable, of course, for everyone to buy it. But like, you're usually not making like a huge profit on them. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's t- And it's tough to balance. Like, will this sell out? Will I have an inventory of it? The inventory I have, will it, will I move through it over time? And, um, one of the big things, you know, one of the big things that I started doing and the pandemic hit, so I couldn't do it anymore were zine shows. And that was a great way to meet new people, grow the audience and, um, like, you know, engage in a different way and move a lot of product. It was like having the merch table to show to some degree. Yeah. Um, and that's just not feasible. So it's all online right now. And it's all, it's really, and it's really interesting to, uh, navigate and, figure out how social media works. It's something I really don't care to engage with all that much. I, yeah, I, I like Instagram. I like Twitter, but like f- fighting algorithms and wow, like yeah. all that stuff is such a, it's a game that doesn't need to be played. Yeah. Yeah. I felt similar as well. Like I, I mean, I, I'm sure like everyone, we're not the only ones, but like everyone misses shows, of course. And like, we're all excited for them to come back. But like, yeah. just for like the example that you're giving, it was like, 
being able to, you know, table at a show and like, you know, selling your art, but also having the ability to meet new people that you probably wouldn't be able to find like on Instagram, for example, like yeah, exactly. that, that are like directly in your local community. Um, so it's just much more natural that way um, versus what we've had to deal with in the past year of like just being online and having that sort of presence. And don't get me wrong, it's like, it's like a great tool for like finding, you know, stuff that you like and like people that are like have the same interests as you. Like I wouldn't have found out about Joey's Road, you know, if it wasn't for Instagram, for example. So like it's definitely been useful, but like like you mentioned, like the algorithms and like you know having the pressure even to like post every day or like you know post like once or twice a week even like it's still like it, for me I like I, I like think about it and I'm like why am I thinking about this like it's yeah right yeah be a thing in my head <laughs> I know yeah yeah it's such a it's such a strange thing and it's like I have. I don't know, 3000 people following me and I get a hundred likes for a thing. Why? Like, yeah. what is the deal with that? Like, and I'm yeah. not saying, like, I'm not saying, Oh, every drawing I like, you know, you follow me, you have to like it, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that it's that it's not getting seen. Right. right. Like that number doesn't yeah. add up. So it's, um, it's, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, I feel like the real world, uh, like I have, I have art up at a coffee shop right now and that's been humbling Mm -hmm. or like a good reminder of like what it is to have art in a physical space. And like every day I go, you know, every day I go get coffee there. Yeah. I don't go there every day, but every time I go to get coffee there, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like, Oh man, like everybody, you know, everybody comes in, they say like, Oh, these colors, you know, made my day. Like I was so excited to see new artwork. Like they'll give me the feedback of how people responded to it. And that's like such a joy. And like a reminder, yeah, that's awesome. This stuff lives outside of itself in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I I think things like that have been like reminders that like people people like like physical things. Like, um, like recently, um, I've I'm like I've gotten like my second dose now, and like I've just felt more comfortable like being able to go out and like explore a little bit more. So like I've been to like like record stores and like um you know, like thrift shops and stuff like that. Just like looking at like kind of trying to find like older, like vintage, like items. Um, but anyway, just like being there and like exper- experiencing like these physical items, it's just, it's just different. Like then like being online and having like a digital, you know, like, uh, I don't know, archive of like everything, but like being able to like browse a record store. Like I went to um, in a veneer um, uh, in Austin recently and I was like browsing everything that they have there. And I was like, it just feels like amazing. Like, like looking yeah, through like so many cool. records, like, yeah, just like looking, they have like drawers of seven inches and those all like punk and hardcore. And I was like browsing through everything. Like yeah. I got American Nightmare, uh, demo. I got a Mind Force demo and like found oh, some good stuff. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like exciting to be able to, um, I mean, hopefully soon, like once everyone is vaccinated, just like kind of get back to that, that normal life. And I'm sure everyone's going to miss those things that people haven't been experiencing as much um, recently. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. I, yeah. I know the tactile, the tactile experience of record shopping is such a yeah. cool feeling that like you can't replace like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, being able to see 
I mean, it's just so like inspiring for me too, just cause like I design, um, album arts a lot. So even if I don't even know the band, but the album art is appealing to me, like I'm like pulling it out and like looking at the back cover and like seeing who this is, like who designed it. Like, uh, sometimes I take a picture on my phone so I can like go back to it and like reference later. Um, but yeah, a lot of like, it's kind of like treasure hunting in a way, um, like sure. in record stores or like their stores, like finding like a cool t-shirt or like finding like a, you know, just like a, a new sort of like, um, art to be able to, to hold and like use in your daily life. Um, it's been rewarding. I recently got, um, like a VHS player and I've oh, been wow. like getting like, like VHS tapes and I bought like a, a square TV and it's just all just been like, kind of like reminders of youth and like, it's just like, but it just like feels like nice to have that these sort of like items that aren't, you know, readily available to us anymore. And like, I would have everything digitally, but like being able to hold like this physical, like VHS copies, like looking at the layouts, like again, like coming back to like design, like looking at like how they're presenting a movie, um, looking like what type that they're using on the oh, spine, yeah, like sure. the credits and stuff. Like, I just love like this, like physical, you know, pieces of art. It's just like, awesome to have in your home <laughs> no definitely yeah i've been getting like um yeah like collecting artist books and stuff and like that and like yeah record collecting it's always like a new universe to dive into almost yeah yeah record collecting is a <laughs> definitely a, its own like little universe like i have yeah everything cataloged on my discogs now like oh, i know like yeah, pressings of things pro- like that's a project i yeah. need to do and never do yeah <laughs> it's overwhelming like when you like like actually do it for the first time and you have like a bunch of records like it's overwhelming but like once you get everything cataloged it's just nice to like look on your phone and see like oh i have this like or i don't have that but yeah it's it's cool <laughs> mm-hmm. um i guess to like wrap everything up um i always like to end the question like what have you been listening to um any new bands to check out uh, what have you been watching any like movies or shows to check out recommendations yeah um i'm gonna plug the fucked up year of the horse record it's if you got 90 minutes it's so yeah. cool um <laughs> uh let's i'm gonna go to my phone um yeah i always have to look at my recently played to give like a yeah a, a good honest answer was recently played um i really like the utmost record i think that's cool <laughs> yeah to, to plug you all the stuff they do <laughs> they're a band that is so outside the box in terms of output and yeah. uh, like aesthetic and all that stuff um yeah a band oh this is a band that i think needs to be talked about that nobody talks about is xerxes uh xerxes mm-hmm. uh the album Collision Blonde is amazing. Are um, they on on No Sleep? Yeah, they were on No Sleep. They should have been okay. a Deathwish band. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I remember that name from like a while ago. Yeah. The and so the uh, in this so this is what I'm reading. Um, I'm reading uh, the singer of that band. His name's Ben Sears. He's a comic book artist. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did, his work is really cool. He did the stuff for like Run for Cover a while ago. Like, oh, okay. He did like a tote bag, I think. Um, but yeah, his comic book stuff is really cool. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Young Shadow. I just got that. 
and then that's that um i just did a red drawing that's like white black and red like those are the only yeah. colors in it um i got it the inspiration from that because all the color the color palette is yellow black white and i was like yeah oh and it looks so like uh, <laughs> it looks so cool so i was like let's do let's try that um the Ned Russin book, uh, I'm mm-hmm. like halfway through it right now. I think that is, it's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, a few copies coming in uh, soon, so I'm excited to, to read yeah. that. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a good uh, collection of things I've been listening to and looking at. Yeah, anything you've been watching? Oh, um, I don't... We, we watch a lot of ink master. <laughs> yeah. I know that we, I didn't, when we started it, I didn't know that the one dude was really problematic and bad. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, don't, the show much. <laughs> uh, it's just shitty reality TV about tattooing yeah. and. Uh, okay. It's kind of, it's just trashy reality TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I watched this movie Thumb Sucker from the '90s or like early 2000s. That was really good. That's uh, mm-hmm. check that out. Don't check out Ink Master. I have. I just I can speak to this just because I saw it last night. But um, there's a new movie on Netflix called Stowaway. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, it's it's one of those like space films that you know, oh, okay. people are stuck in space uh, in the space shuttle. Kind of like it's kind of like a uh, a very trendy thing that's been happening in the past few years. I feel like this type of movies like that. So I'm always like kind of hesitant about like watching all of them because they yes. usually are pretty similar. Um, but this one was actually pretty good. I like that. Um, it's pretty uh, like tense and like, uh, and I, I love like thriller movies. So if you like yeah. stuff like that, I recommend I know that. it's looking at my art. I don't think you'd expect it, but I go to a lot of horror movies uh, yeah. first. But I have, yeah. I have, I honestly, I haven't like watched a lot of TV recently. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching um, a lot of like HBO shows. <laughs> so oh, okay. I watch yeah. like Succession is on right now, which has been fun to watch. Um, Legendary is like another one. Yeah. I feel like Vogue and like the New York uh, scene. Uh, really oh, okay. cool. Um. But yeah, those are like the top of things uh, from my head. Um, but yeah, it was a great talking with you. I really enjoyed picking your brain about. Yeah, your this art. was so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, anyone, if you're listening, um, go check out Joey's uh, Joey's World on Instagram. It's Joey's X World, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, so check that out. Um, follow. Like I mentioned before, you've probably already seen his artwork on some of the band stuff that you like. Um, so yeah, Joey's constantly like putting out new new art and like new merch and exciting stuff. So please go follow him and um, keep up with his art and support him. Um, but yeah, any any last last things you want to shout out or anything you want to plug? Um, keep an eye on that band Last Gasp uh they're cool <laughs> yeah they're, like they're, they're super cool they're super nice dudes uh their music is ripping fast hardcore um and they have a lot in the works that isn't just related to me <laughs> cool 
definitely check them out then. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, thanks again. And uh, this you. has been Sunday Conversations episode two.